0: This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome back to another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. We are super excited today. We have a great, great guest, Philly sports talk legend, Harry Mays. What's up, Harry? Hey, Bill. Great to be with you here on uh, Legal Hands to the Face, man. It's an, it's a, it's an honor. Uh, well, I appreciate you making the time for us. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's crazy because I do Eagles talk. Yeah. And... It's almost like the NFL season never ends anymore. No, it, it, it's 365 days a year. It doesn't. And that's exactly what they want. And, uh, you know, they've
1: they've spread things out on the calendar in the off season so that, uh, you know, except for maybe like June, you know, typically this month is one month. I know they're having OTAs and, you know, mini camps or whatever, uh, but nobody really pays much attention to that. Uh, You know, the hardcore uh, people do perhaps and and the journalists have to go cover it, but not a lot happens. And then you have that two or three week period in July where the general managers just hope that their phone doesn't go off in the middle of the night because that's the last (laughs) couple of weeks that these players have to themselves before they got to go in and and, uh, you know, become a football player 24 seven for the next uh, six, eight months, whatever it is. And that that three week period and June is about the only times where really the NFL is not top of mind. But other than that, man, you know, between free agency, the draft schedule releases and all this other kind of stuff, uh, you combine in February. The, the Super Bowl now goes to the middle of February I mean, they're gradually
0: just taking over the, the, the calendar and I'm good with it. same they used to own sundays and now they're trying to own thursdays saturdays black friday yeah i mean they really are taking over but i'm not i'm not a big fan of the thursday night football to be honest with you either am i and and you see this year now they're going to start flexing Mm. thursday night games yeah i don't like that well i mean what it shows is they really don't care about the in-stadium fan experience anymore because it becomes so difficult for fans to plan to travel to these games or go to these games. It's all about TV money. I mean, we know that. It is, And, and they really don't care, even though they
1: tell us that they care. I don't think they care enough about the players' welfare and safety because this game is... As you know, probably the most violent thing going that we that we uh, we watch as sports fans and to be asking guys to be playing on short weeks like that. And then, you know, take taking it to a 17 game schedule. And I think they're eventually going to want to get to 18 and maybe they drop down to two preseason games. You know, big deal. I mean, some of these guys don't even play in the preseason anyway. So I don't really know what it's going to do for the veteran starters, except uh, put
0: them in more harm's way. I agree with you 100 percent. Now I gotta ask you, you've been covering the Eagles and, and Philly Sports for a long time. That Super Bowl last year. I know they don't win it, mm-hmm. but is that the best Eagles team that you've ever seen? Um I don't I don't know if I can say
1: the best team because you know that team the team that didn't win it in in uh, 04 was really good too. Um, you know, I mean they've had, you know, and the team that ended up winning it was really good. Um, You know, they they might be gelling into the best team, you know, and and that we might see that this year. Uh, But I don't know, you know, if they they win the thing, then I can say it, but they didn't win it, you know, and they lost to an incredible player in Patrick Mahomes and our former coach, who's a great football coach. Um, You know, that was just a a great season just to get that far, because then you realize, man, we really do have a quarterback and we really do. We found, you know, Jeffrey Lurie found another football coach. You know, (laughs) it didn't go well at the start for Nick Sirianni, you know, with some of the things he said in the press conference and, you know, some of the goofy things that he was doing with the team. But, man, the guy's a good football coach and uh, that you they proved that last year.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I I think if they would have won that Super Bowl, it may have gone down as the greatest season in Eagles history. Yeah. But they don't. So that's why we're here debating whether or not (laughs) they were a great team. But, uh, you know, you're right. You mentioned Jeffrey Lurie found another good football coach. You look at his track record. I mean, say what you will about Jeffrey Lurie, the success of this Eagles organization and especially the head coaches he's been able to find. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't go with the guy that everybody else says, oh, that's the guy you got to get. He usually finds these Unknown guys. Andy Reid was another one of yep. them. Doug Peterson, another one, and now Nick Sirianni. You got to give the guy a lot of credit. Yeah, you really
1: do. And you know, when we when Doug Peterson came in here, you know, a lot of us, including me, scratched our heads because that didn't get off to the greatest of starts either. And you're, you're sitting there saying, "Hey, you know, he was just you know under the under the tutelage of Andy Reid. How much of this stuff is really Doug Peterson? You know, can he really you know be a coach?" And we found out that he really can. And now he's going to get a second opportunity down in Jacksonville. And they're already he's already doing a great job with that young quarterback down there. But Sirianni, you know, too, was a guy like you said, I didn't know much about Nick Sirianni at all. Uh, But, you know, these the the guy's a lifer, man. He's that's all he does is think about football, you know, and and you got to love that about him. You know that, that he's
0: really into it. He's as into it as the fan base is. Yeah. After he did his first couple press conferences, and I know they weren't the greatest Mm -hmm. or the best received – I said, I don't know if this guy's going to be a good coach, but if he is, he's going to be absolutely loved in yes. this city because he just has that personality. He's yeah. just like the fans. He really yeah. is. And he did
1: the pandering thing, and when we used to rip him. Me and Aton uh, on the one of the shirts with the, the T-shirts and stuff. You know, <laughs> like that stuff. You know, wears thin on me. But you know, some of the fans dig it. And hey, he won games. That's all that matters. And yeah, he can wear anything any T-shirt he wants now
0: because he took a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he really can. And then we look over at uh, Howie Roseman. Now, yeah. obviously, he's been a polarizing figure over the years. But what do you think of that draft that he had?
1: You know, the last two drafts, really. I think Howie's finally figured it out. Hey, draft players from the SEC. <laughs> draft as yeah. many players as you can from
0: Alabama and Georgia, and you're probably going to be all right. Uh, yeah, don't try to get cute. Right. And take Jalen Rager. You know, just go with the guy who's from the SEC right. and you'll be fine. Yeah, none, none of this
1: JJ Ortega, white Whiteside nonsense. You mentioned Rager and a couple of the other things that you know he's done in the past. But it's pretty simple when you really just figure it, figure it out. Like, hey, the best players are playing in the Southeast Conference, and most of them go to Alabama and Georgia. Some of them don't even start. And they're, they're NFL type – they're NFL players. So uh, you look at, the, you know, what he's done with these kids from Georgia in the last two drafts. Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean are going to be stepping forward into probably starting positions this year on this team. So they're going to get their chance. He drafted Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in this year's draft. Uh, you know,
0: they're he probably – He got Keeley Ringo too he picked up in the in the fourth round, the corner from Georgia. Right,
1: right. I mean, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith were, were – uh, were First round First round picks. Round, first round picks. And, you know, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, same for, you know, on that front line, some linebacker depth. And, you know, you're going to start to see some of these guys really emerging, I think, this year on, on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Now, you mentioned N'Kobe Dean, and yeah. I'm curious of your thoughts about that linebacker position because that's something I'm concerned about. I am hopeful that Nicobe Dean's going to be the guy we saw at Georgia. Yeah. But there's a reason he fell on the draft, and if he is not ready – We have a real problem at linebacker. I mean, they let Kazeer White walk. They let Mm -hmm. T.J. Edwards walk. Yeah, Dean better be ready. Well,
1: they picked up another tackling machine for T.J. Edwards in the in the body of Nick Morrow, who is was all over the field for the Chicago Bears last year, making tackles everywhere, and spent a couple of years before that with the Raiders. He's a veteran. He's going to be out there being your your sort of your your cleanup guy. You know, he's going to be you know the front. Front four is going to be, you know, blocking people and this guy's going to be free up to make the tackles. And then Hassan Reddick going to be rushing the quarterback. And, you know, that was a tremendous acquisition, uh, bringing him back home and, and the season that he had. So I'm not as worried about it. I want to I'm very curious to see how N'Kobe Dean works out, because, you know, if 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 he can't play, I, I was fooled, too, because I, I really liked the draft pick when it was made.
0: Same, I I agree with you. It's just there's really no depth behind Moreau and Dean. Mm -hmm. You know who you got uh, Sean Bradley, another special teams player, been a special teams guy. You know who else could step in? And then you go back to the the back end at safety. They're also thin there. They lose both starters at safety, Marcus Epps and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Well, they got Terrell Edmonds from Pittsburgh, who's a pretty good player. Um,
1: You know, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be good.
0: Yeah, and I think that was smart by by Howie. You mentioned Nicholas Moreau from Chicago, Terrell Edmonds from Pittsburgh. He got both these guys on one-year deals Mm -hmm. who started a lot of games in the NFL. But it's, again, do they have enough depth? And then you look at that other safety position. You think it's going to be Reed Blankenship? It's going to step in and and be the starter over there?
1: Uh, It could be. uh, You know, who knows? Maybe the kid, uh, the draft pick steps up. The kid they took, Sidney Brown, out of Illinois. He's a pretty good player.
0: Um, Yeah, I don't know if you had a chance, Harry. There's a great documentary I think NFL 360 did on Sidney Brown and his twin brother. Well, he's the running back at Illinois. He was a monster. Yeah. So yeah. they did a they they grew up in extreme poverty. It's a really good story. The kids be, overcome a lot of adversity. Mm-hmm. And leading up to the draft, I, I found this out after the draft. After they drafted Sidney Brown, apparently Howie Roseman and the Eagles they put a a red star on specific prospects that meet all these criteria, and Sidney Brown did. So I think they're really, really high on this kid as a leader. And he is – he reminds me – I don't want to say Brian Dawkins, but the way he throws his body around. He's not as good as Dawkins, but the way he throws his body around it's b Doc ass. Maybe we
1: can compare the Illinois tape to the Clemson tape and just leave it at college for now because both teams wore orange. Yeah, there we know? go. So, because <laughs> I hate making those comparisons to I such all time great players, but who knows? You know, maybe in three or four years, they uh, we all might be saying that same thing. That that would be a good thing. Greedy Williams too. They picked up on a one year deal uh, from the Cleveland Browns that started a lot of football games at corner um you know they they extend what james bradbury signed him to a three-year deal they extended darius slay and you know I, I think the back end looks pretty good as long as they get good play out of terrell
0: edmonds at safety yeah no very smart offseason by howie roseman i think some mm-hmm. low risk high reward moves you jump over to the running back position same deal another yeah. low risk high reward is rashad penny from seattle
1: well yeah i I don't know that I can say he's low risk because he's hurt all the time. I mean, the guy's <laughs> only played in eighteen games in the last three years. Think about that,
0: yeah, and um, it's only forty two games in six seasons right I mean, it's right never been good now when he does play, he's a six
1: yard a guy a carry guy, so he's very effective when he's when he's vertical. Uh, But that's going to be something I don't know if you can count on a guy like that, that has shown you in his history that he's just uh, he's just unavailable. So that that's a question mark. But then the DeAndre Swift move, I thought was great. Uh, You get him coming in here on the last year of his contract. Uh, It's only what 1.77 million against the cap and i think he's going to be the guy that's going to be taking the majority of the of the snaps and and get the rush cuz what it uh, miles sanders had like 260 carries last year something something on that order 259 yeah. i think so the the best deandre swift has ever done or the most is 150 so i think like maybe that's all we can count on out of him 150 of those 260 and then you hope to get the rest out of penny boston scott they signed for actually like two million dollars that's a $2 million I'm cap. I'm surprised play. the Giants didn't just sign him. To get him I know, out just to get roster. him away from Philadelphia because <laughs> he, he puts up all his stats. He stuffs the stat sheet against the New York football Giants. But, yeah, he's in there at $1.98 million against the cap. And then Kenny Gainwell, I can't forget about him. He's not even costing you a million dollars. But I think this gives them a lot of flexibility. A lot of these guys, can ca- they catch the ball out of the backfield. Swift is really good as a pass-catching uh, running back, which is something I think they're, re- they're going to really uh, li- like to feature
0: out of that. Miles Sanders was okay at it. DeAndre Swift is better yeah. in that regard. One thousand percent. I said I actually did a video on this on our social media that, that that's what I was most excited about with Swift because yeah. as good as Sanders was. And if you remember his rookie season, he caught a lot of balls out of the backfield. But the last couple of years, he just hasn't done it. Mm-mm. And it's been an element of the Eagles offense. They haven't really been able to utilize. Boston Scott, surprisingly, looks like Darren Sporles, but doesn't catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. So no. that if you add that element to this offense. You already have yeah. Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. I mean, that's going to be really tough to stop if you got Swift catching balls out of the backfield.
1: But especially depending on Rashad Penny's uh, availability. Uh, I think Boston Scott was going to get a lot more work. They're paying him probably the most against the cap, I believe, out of all four of those guys in that running back room. So that doesn't get lost on Howie Roseman. Like, let's get him the ball against more teams than the New York Giants.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He always (laughs) seems to step up to Boston Scott whenever you need him. I'm a big fan of his. He does. Yeah, but if you look at that entire running back room, Mm -hmm. they cost less than I think what Carolina is paying Miles Sanders. Not in the first year. In the second year,
1: his contract really jumps up. I think he makes like two point five, two point six against the cap, and the total running back room for the Eagles is around five point seven million. But then in the second year, Miles Sanders' contract goes yeah. to where he's like seven million dollars by himself, I believe. And then I they have it out after that year. But I think they gave him what thirteen guaranteed, something I, like I that. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, good I, for I, him. I I yeah, never fault these guys for getting their money, but I think I the agree. Eagles did it right by, you know, parsing it out amongst, you know, more players at less money and sort of spread the wealth around.
0: Yeah. And in today's NFL, I don't think it makes sense. But that's why there was all that talk about should they have drafted B. John Robinson if no. he fell to them? They didn't even have to make the decision because Atlanta takes it. Right. But I was happy he wasn't there. Not that he's not going to be a great player. It's just in today's NFL, I don't think you lock up that much of your resources into the running back position. I, I agree with you. It, it
1: just doesn't seem to work.
0: I, I you know, I was kind of surprised that the New York Giants brought back uh, Saquon Barkley.
1: Uh, yeah, they franchised honest. him, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then you talk about being surprised at what the Giants did. They gave Daniel Jones a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then you look at I mean, we really got to appreciate Howie Roseman when we we can. You look at the deal he gave Jalen Hurts, and you compare the annual numbers of the cap hits – to daniel jones it's unbelievable that he was able to pull this off yeah it it really is and uh that's that's what he's best at you know and now
1: you know he's watching sec football and he's picking some you know good football players on the draft yeah well he's an attorney yes he is that's attorneys no football i I think yeah that's true that's (laughs) right you're an esquire Uh, but i don't i don't know if howie rosen's going to be allowed back in gainesville
0: anymore after he's taken all these georgia bulldogs and alabama crimson tide players you're not kidding. And going back to the, to the draft and the Georgia Bulldogs, that guy, Nolan Smith, I don't know if you've heard him talk or any of his interviews. Mm-hmm. I could see that guy being a captain on this team in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I know Jalen Carter got himself in, in some trouble uh, while he was at Georgia. But I, I, think, uh, I think the rest of that locker room and, and just the culture that the Eagles have uh, have built over these last couple of seasons,
0: I think that will straighten him out. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and, and you know they they did their homework, and especially having all these Georgia players, they were able to ask around and find mm-hmm. out who this guy really is, so I feel comfortable. Me too. But I'll tell you what I don't feel comfortable about, Harry, is looking at this 2023 schedule that the Eagles have in front of them, because they have a good team, there's no doubt, but you got that Super Bowl hangover that's a real thing. And then you go into this year's schedule. My God.
1: Yeah, it, it really is tough. I mean, they start on the road. I think they're uh, four and a half point favorites at New England. Hard to say what the New England Patriots are going to be like. Uh, but I think, you know, they they win that game. They always seem to then get Minnesota at home week two. But isn't this two years in a row now? They're going to have the Vikings uh, on a on a televised, nationally televised game at home. And then well, that's a good thing because Kirk yeah. Cousins doesn't seem to perform well on national he, TV. He does not. I forget what his record is, but it, it is abysmal. You are correct. Uh Tampa Bay is a totally different team. They're in transition. I'm not worried about that. Division game. Then they go at the Rams. You know, the Rams are still sort of trying to find their way back. The Jet game on the road is interesting. We'll we'll know a lot more about Uh, Aaron Rodgers and that team in those first five weeks leading up to that game but that could be that could be a tough one Miami's a good team but you get them at home Uh, then you get Washington on the road it's always tough in the division regardless of how good or bad we think the commanders are then the stretch starts here's the gauntlet Dallas at home at Kansas City Buffalo at home San Francisco at home at Dallas,
0: at Seattle. I mean, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> that's what's crazy. Right right there is going to be – it's so important that they come out to a hot start. They yeah. have to win these early games that they're supposed to win because after that bye, whew, and you, you look at it, the Eagles have their bye in week 10 and then they play Kansas City. So everyone's, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. They're coming off a bye. Well, so is Kansas City. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs have their bye in week 10. Right. And, and, you know, and we, we know what Andy Reid is off the bye. <laughs>
1: they can't catch a break. No, they can't. They I, really can't. And I compared their sketch because I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to it's San Francisco, you know, them winning or losing that game against the Niners, that could be for a home field uh, situation in the playoffs, you know, the head-to-head.
0: And this year, just like last season, the NFL changed it. Now only one team gets a buy, mm-hmm. so that's also for that first round buy right. in the playoffs. Very important. And
1: uh, compared their schedule to Dallas, you know, who, you figure it's going to be Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, and maybe you know, what Detroit. I think is the next favorite to get to the uh, to win the conference, and then yep. Seattle. Believe it or not. So you look at the teams, they they play a lot of the same teams. They both play the Jets. Dallas gets them at home. Eagles go on the road. Uh, Miami, the Dallas Cowboys have to go on the road. Eagles get them at home. The Eagles play at Kansas City. Well, that game is not against Kansas City. It's against the Chargers for the Dallas Cowboys. They play back-to-back weeks in California. They'll stay out there for the week at uh, at their place where they go to train. They go at San Francisco, at L.A. Chargers back-to-back for Dallas. That's that's really rough. They get Seattle at home. The Eagles go to Seattle. We know that's not an easy place to play. But the Dallas Cowboys have to go to Buffalo, and the Eagles get
0: Buffalo at home. So, Yeah, the only thing that scares me, though – well, not the only thing. There's a lot that scares me about that Bills team. But what I don't like about that game is you're on a short week because you had mm-hmm. Kansas City on a Monday night. Yeah. So even though you have them at home, it's a short week. That's going to be a tough game. And then you talk about the Dolphins. The only thing I love about the Dolphins game is, you know, you're going to be sick and tired of hearing the Tua, Jalen Hurts storylines oh. all week long, but Hurts will have them ready to play. I mean, it's going to be all week. Yeah. Oh, he lost his job to him in the ch- national championship game. It's going to be everywhere. I know. I know. And you're right. I, w- I will be sick of that probably by, oh, Monday afternoon of the week of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I did, I found interesting about the, the schedule this year is, is did you see, they get the Washington Commanders games all finished by week seven, but yet they don't play the New York Giants Until week 16 is their first game against the New York Giants.
1: Yeah, that is weird. Uh, You know, they finish at home Giants, uh, home Cardinals, and then at the Giants, which is a game that may or may not mean anything uh, for one or both of those teams. That's the one thing I really don't like about them playing division games at all. I don't care if it's against Dallas, the Giants, or Washington in week 16. 18 or whatever it is it just doesn't may not matter a lot of times it doesn't matter and uh you know you're kind of wasting a division opponent which you know i kind of i always hated it when it was dallas and and and
0: it has been that way in the last couple of years where neither team needed the game yeah well it's even worse when one team needs the game and the other doesn't right lay down i mean i I hate that too i do too but and packed in between those giants games is the arizona cardinals and our boy Jonathan Gannon coming mm-hmm. back to town.
1: Yeah, they stink.
0: That what team, did you What would you think about that? That mild I shouldn't say mild controversy because I think they tried to brush it under the rug. But that little controversy about him interviewing prior to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and then the Eagles and the Cardinals just settling it themselves by exchanging third round draft picks. What did you think about
1: that? Yeah, I, you know, tampering and all this kind of stuff. You know, is gets thrown around. I just wish. That they could find a better way to have these guys interview like maybe i, I don 't know why they have to even do it during the playoffs like why can 't they just wait and, I and agree. until the season 's over, and that two weeks between the Super Bowl and the combine just be you know this wild interviewing frenzy and teams hiring coaches i i, I don't like I don't like having it being a a distraction to your football team. And, and you know, I know these coaches are professional and their their main job is to coach the team that they're being paid. But you can't tell me just human nature that part of your mind isn't elsewhere thinking about the staff that you're going to put together. If you get this head coaching job in Arizona, you know what I mean? I I just I don't like it.
0: Well, there's there's only 32 of those jobs in the world. Right. So and and if you're a football coach, this that's the pinnacle of you can mm-hmm. become a head coach in the NFL. So, of course, they're going to be slightly distracted. Absolutely. I agree with you. The NFL could cure this very easily by saying no interviews until after Super Bowl Sunday. Right. I don't know why they don't do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, the teams that fire coaches during the season can get a head start on the due diligence and, you know, you know, and asking around and fi- you know, putting together their list of candidates and all that stuff. And, and that might be an advantage. You know, and that's why teams do fire these guys early, so they can do that. But as far as the actual interviewing and the hiring, I, I wish that the NFL could find a better way to do it, so it
0: doesn't distract or take away from you know the playoffs. All right, last question for you. Put you on the spot here. Uh-oh. We know how hard it is to be the Super Bowl loser and then return to the Super Bowl. Do the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl this season? Um, I think it's going to be them or the San Francisco.
1: 49ers who i really like their roster um eagles did catch a huge break you know with uh, brock purdy getting hurt in that game <laughs> i mean football's football players get hurt uh but that was a huge break i still think the eagles would have won the game but i think it would have been a really a close football game um yeah i do i i think the eagles are the best roster uh pr- provided that they can stay healthy you know if they can get a good season out of rashad penny if they can you know uh, you know, work some of these younger players into that defensive front. And, you know, their their back end holds up with some of the new guys at, at safety. I, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be Jalen Hurts. I, you know, he has really impressed me and, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily see it coming. I didn't know that he was a franchise quarterback. I sort of, you know, the jury was still out kind of thing for a long time, but there's no debating it now anymore. I mean, he, he is your guy. And I think, He's a guy that you can look for, you know, suiting up each and every week. Even back to the days when we had Donovan McNabb, you just felt that comfort level that you had going into each season with your quarterback. And I think we're we're gonna have that now with Jalen Hurts. And if as long as you have that, they're gonna have a chance to win the division and get to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I think and the most amazing thing about Hurts is I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. With that no. guy's work ethic, he's yeah. gonna keep getting better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. he's not gonna be one of these players that gets all the money. Uh, I think he bought a big mansion up in Bucks County. His, uh, a friend of mine just just sent me, but uh, he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to get distracted uh, by the riches, uh, you know, of, and
0: the spoils of of playing football. He's got some great quotes too, doesn't he? He does. He really does. <laughs> so great wood lighters. Well, Harry, I appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll have you back on soon. And the way we met, just to, to tell our listeners, is is Harry does a golf podcast. So for our golfers out there, he does a golf podcast with a friend of mine called Swing It and Ding It. It's a great podcast. You guys also do some betting lines on there oh, as yeah. well, right? Yeah, we see the line courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. I
1: you know I love betting sports I've always had even before long before it was legal I was talking about it on the radio uh, at the old place the fanatic how different
0: my, things are now yeah right?
1: much to my program uh, director's uh, dismay because he didn't like that because it wasn't legal and now it's legal and it's just uh, you can do anything you want and betting golf is is just another another
0: fun thing to do well I know we're an Eagles podcast but one quick golf point you I know mean, I couldn't believe it I saw Rory McIlroy kind of blow the memorial tournament and i looked at him you know he had four major wins before he was 25 years old and yeah. he hasn't won a major in nine years now he hasn't won a major since 2014 yeah that's correct yep it's crazy i yeah. mean you look at his numbers before the age of 25 you thought maybe he could threaten you know tiger woods i know
1: and there was a lot of people saying that Um, uh, you know and it just goes to show you you know how tough golf is uh, but also there's like a big two right now in that sport in mean, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. And then there's a dropping off point before you even get to Rory McIlroy and the rest of those guys. So, uh, he's got a lot of work to do. He's the favorite coming in this week up in Canada and then we'll have another U S open, uh, you know, maybe he can,
0: uh, he can grab that major. Awesome. Well guys, yeah, check it out. Swing it and ding it is the golf podcast and Harry, thank you again. It was a pleasure and everybody thanks for listening. And as always. Go Birds!